0: That's right, you get 12 free movie rentals from Blockbuster with any VCR or camcorder from
1: Smith's. Blockbuster Video has the Northwest best selection of movies, from classics to the latest releases. And there's a Blockbuster Video near you. Hey everyone, this is Mike from You'll Probably Agree. Today, I speak with Pat McDonald from Hollywood Chicago, and as usual, Ian Simmons from kickseat.com. We take a little trip towards Memory Lane, where we talk about the evolution of watching movies from home, dating all the way back from Betamax all the way to streaming today. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hey, everybody, and welcome to You'll Probably Agree. Uh, I'm here with Pat McDonald from Hollywood, Chicago. And as always, Ian Simmons from Kicking the Seat, or Kickseat.com. I screwed it up, whatever, Leaving it in.
0: No, both are true.
1: Yeah. Oh, good. I, I just I just use my mass incompetency and leave it online. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess uh, as we're all at home watching movies, uh, the thought occurred to me. You know, one thing I have uh, in my childhood home and uh, in my apartment that I you know I don't see much of anymore are my DVD collection, my Blu-ray collection, and It just made me start to think about, you know, how the evolution of watching movies from home started, you know, all the way from when we were using Betamax tapes, you know, to uh, us streaming everything from Netflix and and just going through the whole history of it. It's, It's kind of fascinating how that happened. And that's why you have me on, because
2: I can go back even
1: farther.
3: Oh, yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so so uh, I guess having said that, uh, I mean, my, my brief history of what I understood from it, from my Google searches and some of the stuff I read up on and some of the stuff I already knew earlier, I mean, we've really kind of come a long way. I mean, in 1971, Uh, There was the uh, umatic tapes, which are kind of like when I worked in cable access, like starting like when I was 13, we would have these these big tape decks. Mm -hmm. And basically, it was kind of like how you would edit films, you would have uh, this this one deck where you'd have the tape rolling and the other deck where you would put in your time codes and then trim where the uh edit would be. And it was all analog. And my very first movie that I ever made, I actually found when digging through some old uh videotapes, uh, which I'll get into in a bit regarding those. And I have to say the first movie I made was a masterpiece. No, no mm-hmm. it's <laughs> it a piece of shit. Uh
2: the um the thing is and I, I can remember back in uh And the, when Johnny Carson was on the air, he would have a segment every year on Christmas where Mm -hmm. he would show like cutting edge gadgets. And one of the most amazing ones that I remember very distinctly was the fact that the first video cameras where you could, you know, like you said, the, the, the large units, and they weren't standardized at all, but you could actually buy your own little camera and video unit to take, uh uh you know your own your own video which just seemed like uh, the Jetsons back <laughs> to a young lad in Michigan City back in the 70s so uh yeah. was
1: that when they had it on VHS or was that when you had to like plug it into the TV and roll the thing because I know VHS was really when the home video market took off and the first camera I used was at my local station, and it was a kind of you had to throw over your shoulder, and you pop in the whole VHS tape, and you know right. you you could record over anything because VHS really opened up the the floodgates to the piracy market in a way. You know, you
2: know why VHS became the standard, don't you?
3: Mm.
1: You were
2: talking about it earlier pornography. Oh, oh The yeah. porn industry adopted it because it was cheaper. And they were selling millions of tapes all of a sudden, and Beta didn't have a chance after that. I,
1: that reminds <laughs> me that, that that scene in Boogie Nights when uh, Burt Reynolds is uh, talking to a producer, and they're saying, well, we're going to have videotape because this is the new way it's going. He's like, but I don't want videotape. It looks like shit. I want to use film. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, we had the Betamax tapes, I think those were introduced in nineteen seventy. They were superior
2: to VHS. They were superior to VHS, but they didn't, you know, like as I mentioned, the reason it didn't work is because the the uh, porn industry flooding millions of tapes onto the marketplace.
1: Oh, so I thought I thought also they, could they contain as much, because uh, that was one thing I was trying to figure out is, could they contain as much um, footage as a VHS, like the, the length or... Was it limited to sixty minutes per tape?
2: Yeah, it was sixty minutes, but there were—I think there were different speeds, like VHS. You could uh, put six hours on a VHS if you didn't mind the
1: quality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, VHS—the quality, you know, it was—it it was kind of low grade, but it didn't matter because once VHS hit the market, uh, it, it was bought. Um, it hit the market in seventy-six, a year after Betamax. And I think that was between Philips and Sony and Panasonic, if I'm correct. Uh, Someone will probably correct me, but whatever. And then um, I think uh, it wasn't until Magnetic Video came along and started duplicating movies for, uh, uh, you know, just the time for Star Wars, uh, for uh, (laughs) Betamax and VHS to be uh, purchased by consumers... To actually be used, you know, and then of course you had nineteen. I love nine and that's when the whole thing kind of exploded. Well, I think in the nineteen eighty, it really exploded with VHS, and everyone hopped on board with that. And then, in nineteen seventy eight, was laserdisc, which uh, I think if you saw my questionnaire that I sent you guys, I asked if anyone could repair my laserdisc. But. <laughs> <laughs> My brother-in-law bought one uh, a while back, and they are very sensitive. Uh, like, if you if you just, like, you know, so, like, I don't know how these UPS guys packaged it today. I mean, maybe they were, like, taking turns gang-beating it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, like, yeah, every time he would get one, it, it would be a little damage. There'd be a little error code. And uh, I think there's... Well- a belt inside the mechanism doesn't make it work, but its quality.
2: If you're going to find somebody to repair it, it sure. would be in the city.
1: Yes, uh, we we did find someone in the and and uh, he lives in Highland Park, Illinois, and okay in the suburbs there. They found like this place that repairs cell phones, but they actually repair Betamax So when the stores open up again, you know, <laughs> we can get that repaired, but the quality on those were amazing. The problem was, is that they, they, uh, they were so damned expensive that ultimately a bunch of schools bought them, you know, which is, uh, you know, for, for educational purposes, uh, which is unfortunate because the, 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 uh, not only was quality for an analog source, pretty good, especially the audio, uh, but they, they, they had the most amazing artwork that you could find in these things. Just the booklets on them are absolutely gorgeous. I have the, uh, this, this, uh, this late, I think what got me into laser disc was I wanted my unaltered star Wars before George Lucas came in and did his stupid bullshit with them. (laughs) And, uh, is that true? I mean, that's why you
2: wanted a laser disc. (laughs) Yep. I was reading about that the other day. They are saying that there is no... It's very hard to find the original release to theaters. You would actually have to get a hold of a theatrical uh, reel of film from those days, apparently.
1: Wow. Wow, yes. There is... Yes, it is unaltered on there that I have. Okay. And I think it's nine discs, you know, because once you uh, finish one disc, you got to take another one and put it in and i think like each <laughs> disc was maybe about an hour and oh god no wait, i think it was 30 minutes for each side i'm going to sneeze now cuz i have the rona um, <laughs> please <and> anyways <laughs> there you go there uh, you go ladies and gentlemen
2: yeah <laughs> another <laughs> another weird story about star wars is i swear and again i'm i'm sure that lucas has Excised all of it, but when they were first showing previews for it, they they showed it as a comedy oh my
3: God.
2: Yeah Well, it was a takeoff on Buck Rogers. So I think they were kind of emphasizing that Element of it, but yeah through all my research on it and in all the internet there seems to be no mention of that uh, trailer
1: so maybe yeah. I'm
2: just hallucinating as usual. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not sure. I remember the very first trailer, and you could find it on YouTube for Star Wars, was just like it was weird. It was just bad. Like <clears throat> it had this ominous music with with this this uh, the very uh, sort of lucrative trailer voice guy saying soon, the galaxy, uh, Star Wars will be coming in your galaxy. It looked like a damn horror movie. <laughs> I know, what the hell, you know? And there's this great interview, uh, it was like on VH1 with Mark Hamill, and he was talking about how when they were showing that preview, and they were showing the uh, Star Wars trailer, and the guy says, coming soon, a Galaxy, New to You. The guy said, Yes, yeah, also going to be coming soon in the strip. Mall, um, fucking theater, you know? <laughs> he
2: I think the karma for George Lucas will always be the holiday special, thank goodness. Yeah. Because yeah. he can't destroy it.
1: It's no. done. And then he <laughs> used elements from it in his sequels. He's like, oh, it doesn't And, then in, Re- the and then in Revenge of the Sith, uh, he has um he has the Wookiee planet in there. I, I can't remember the name of it now. Uh Kashik. Kashyyyk, yes, yes. Kashyyyk. Oh my
2: God, we're nerding yeah. out now, babies.
1: <laughs> and of course, we went Loba from Feminist the history of television to the history of Star Wars geekdom. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, well, I'm sure once the Mandalorian comes out, there'll be <laughs> much more to talk about. There, I still haven't gotten through Clone Wars. Do but, they still but, have Life Day? Um, is, that's part of it.
2: the. That's part of it, isn't it? It's part yeah. of the
1: legacy. Where where Carrie Fisher singing Life Day, and then they cut to Harrison Ford, and it was the exact moment in time when you could tell he died inside and just <laughs> rolled it in Hollywood. Just like people bringing it up, I think that's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> but yes, you can find Star Wars unaltered trilogy on laserdisc. You can find it also through this guy named Harmy. H-A-R-M-Y, and it's called the (laughs) D-Specialized Edition. And you can download it. And basically, he took multiple sources uh, of the Unaltered Trilogy, one of which is the George Lucas original Unaltered Cuts, also known as a Gout DVD. And it was these DVDs that had an extra disc, With the special edition and then the regular edition on on that extra disc, uh, you could. There's the unaltered version, but it was just a terrible laser disc transfer that they just slapped out of that disc. And he would Mm -hmm. go through all these sources, um, go through uh, After Effects and various other programs and restore everything to the way they were in a. 1980 by 720 P file with 5.1 surround. Now we're really geeking out. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I thought I thought I thought Ian knowing the planet of the Wookiees was geeky, well, but that uh, that you 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 over geeked him, sir. Congrats.
1: Well that's
0: that's the thing, is I, I know my uh my fantasy planets, but as far as the uh, the technical <laughs> jargon of the uh you know I, I was watching a piece that that mike had sent uh on youtube on the history of home video uh, okay. that was very interesting it's like a 15 minute piece and from what i could tell it was very comprehensive but they're getting into like the aspect ratios and audio and sound and it really did feel like uh, almost like a home theater setup instructional video um <laughs> but it, it was stuff that i feel like i knew but i i couldn't explain it for the life of me um so that was that was very entertaining um yeah, just one last bit on Star Wars. <laughs> I have not uh, seen the original versions since I was, you know, a, a young whippersnapper. You yeah, but I gotta say, I always, I think, preferred the versions that came out just before the special editions. I want to say in '95. Uh-huh. They released those uh, those VHS uh, sets where they'd gone in and they'd cleaned up a lot of the special effects, um, like the, the, the laser blasts and things like that. And they did a, a complete polish in all three of the original trilogy. And that, I think, is the best Star Wars has ever looked. So would people say they want to see the original trilogy again, I do. But I want to see that particular version. I don't necessarily right, care about the old. The,
2: was that in the gold box?
1: I'm looking at it right now. Oh, there you go.
0: Um no, I don't know if it was in a gold they there were a few different I'm versions totally of it. Looking
1: at it right now. <laughs> Cuz
0: I've well I have the the yep. ones that I'm talking about were there wasn't an I don't know if there was a different version that had a gold box but these were like had like I think the Jedi logo is like a pinkish purple and Empire was blue and they had like the giant ah. faces of like Yoda and the stormtrooper and stuff like that. Yeah. So
1: this for the special edition.
0: Yes. Yeah, this yeah, is like 90, 95.
1: Grandparents had in their house. And yeah, they were unaltered. I guess they cleaned some things up. There was a rotoscoping around the edges of the uh, of the rain core that they uh, that they uh, cleaned up. So, yes, no, they yeah. they
0: they re They polished the movies, but he didn't mess with them. I don't think yeah. there are any actual alterations to, you know, the storylines or like added scenes and all that stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, it is incredible. Like, cause those VHSs are in demand now. And I remember going to my grandparents one day and I'm like, do you have that star Wars VHS? And I'm like, I don't know. And I just wanted to go there as the star Wars tapes.
3: Uh, but... So home video. You have been... uh... <laughs> yeah. We well, well, you know,
2: interestingly well, enough, um, it all started in the 1950s when you talk about home video, because that was when the first purchase of a film catalog occurred in early television. So when you think about home home viewing or home video, that's how people watch movies uh, beginning at that time. And it took a while for the film companies to sell because they didn't want the competition, obviously. But then the, the gold mine opened up, so they started selling uh, frequently.
1: Yeah. Yeah it's, a, yeah, it's incredible. I mean, once you brought in VHS, that changed everything. I mean, the 1980s completely well, we died. Do- from the 50s to the 80s, I guess. Oh, I'm sorry. My I'm 60s
2: kidding. and 70s mean nothing now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, no, no, no. I understand. I understand. Okay. I understand. Go ahead. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm- I no, no, I mean, that pretty much sums it up. And that's how you watch a movie in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. You had to wait for it to come on TV. Uh, you had yeah. to watch it with commercials.
1: Yes, and I think uh, with 75 with the Betamax, when it came on TV, people would wait for it to come on. They'd hit record on the Betamax. Right. And
3: then
1: <laughs> um, uh, they'd have to store the movie on there uh, with the commercials and everything. And then uh, I think even before that, did people have like their own 16 millimeter projectors that they would have at home? Or was that sort of a specialty? Because I know uh, some people would have copies of movies at their home like that.
2: Well, yeah, you know, when I was uh, graduating from college, uh, one of our uh, advisors had a, a cocktail party. And he was a big film buff. And that yeah. was the first time I seen anybody have a collection of films. And he had done a careful, you know, uh he would find, you know, the most pristine things he could get off TV. Mm-hmm. But he had it all because he just was obsessive about it. And uh I, I dare to think what he did with all that uh, stuff after, you know, because it was just a wall full of things. Just like somebody has... 5,000 albums or something.
3: Mm-hmm. That's how
2: big his
1: collection was. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. I think Leonard Moulton has a lot of 16-mil copies and 35-mil oh, copies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's another area of geekdom. Oh, man, yeah. I would love to talk to him about that kind of stuff because I, I love collecting that kind of crazy memorabilia and uh i mean of course dating back to star wars again because that's the only movie that exists now Yes, apparently (laughs) (laughs) but uh, i i this uh this guy on youtube his name's the angry video game nerd and he has a you know all the great guys on the internet go ahead (laughs) (laughs) yeah he has a 16 millimeter copy of star wars I'm not going to call it a new hope uh, of Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> well, that uh, one
2: probably uh, is the uh, close to the closest to the original. I, I, I if I can find that article about uh, about trying to find the original, uh, it's very interesting and and apparently it's very unless again unless you get a actual reel mm-hmm. from 1977. I guess it doesn't exist on any of the. Subsequent uh, releases, even the Laserdisc. Now, I may be wrong. Yeah, so
1: says Lord Lucas. You know, another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, we don't we don't know that for sure. Uh, uh, but Darth, Darth Lucas. Darth <laughs> Lucas, there you go. Rise, Darth <laughs> Lucas. I don't know. That was Kathleen Kennedy. I. Don't <laughs> strategy <laughs> now, right, but uh, but uh, you know the, the one of the, but the biggest watershed moment. I mean, aside from the VHS, which opened up, you know, the blockbusters, the home video stores was uh, nine. What was in nineteen ninety six? when DVD came along, which created uh, this is one thing that video I said to you guys I noticed was glaringly missing. They said that the Blu-ray introduced the home theater experience wrong. It was the DVD Uh that created the (laughs) home theater experience because people would buy their DVDs and you would get a a quality of film that never changes was a digital copy of it, true digital. uh, LaserDisc was still analog. And you would get surround sound, 5.1. You know, like you get the speaker on the left, and then the center, and then the right, and then two in the rear. And the point one was your subwoofer, and that I that was a mind blowing experience, which you know I'll get into. And of course, after DVD, there was the birth of Netflix, uh, 1997, they were founded, and then 2006, you know, was Blu ray. Uh, or 2005 iTunes store created.
2: 2005, hey. That's that's older than I thought. Uh, I I have a friend who still uses the DVD service from Netflix. I do, (laughs) actually.
1: Uh, I I use streaming and DVD because you could get certain movies on DVD that you can't find anywhere on streaming. So I I like it. That's true. They did get a collection that... uh, yeah, the, the, it's like, there, there's certain, like, one of my friends recently recommended, uh, he's a guy from Ireland, and he recommended the sitcom to me called The Fools of Horses, and <laughs> I, I watched it. it, it's a, it's a fascinating sitcom, it's very, it, it's like a, it's like a mixture of Always Sunny and Seinfeld, but it came out, like, in the 70s, and <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty interesting. And, of course, I wouldn't have found that unless I had a BritBox uh, 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 account or uh, if I could get it on disc. Uh, But, yes, you know, we had 2005 iTunes Store. You could, I guess, buy uh, movies online or rent them from there. And then 2006 was Blu-ray. And then 2007 was when Netflix's streaming service really took off and The history on how Netflix's streaming service happened, uh, when I was reading it last night, I literally yelled, oh, my God, wow. Did (laughs) it it echo in
2: the the apartment? (laughs) Sort of like a no.
1: (laughs) It was was like, how are they this stupid? Because this is one of the most monumental fuck-ups in history on Blockbuster's behalf. Because um, let's see, Reed Hastings and Mark Rudolph were the two guys who uh, launched Netflix in '97, whereas originally the mail and DVD service. Uh, and fast forward a few years later, to abbreviate, uh, I think in 2000 they were coming out with the idea for the streaming service. They went to Blockbuster. And said to them, hey, we have, uh, we want to stream movies online. Would you like to be a part of it? Blockbuster said no. And then they approached them three other times, three years later. I think, um, if I'm correct, or two, in like 2003, 2004, about Blockbusters picking up their service. And they said no again. So they gave them four opportunities total. and when Netflix launched their service and then blockbuster subsequently did a few years later, uh, blockbuster, uh, the, the, uh, Hastings, uh, said that if blockbuster launched their service two years before Netflix did, then they would have taken Netflix out of business.
3: I'm and, sure.
1: and not only that, but, when they made their offer to Blockbuster, it was going to be Blockbuster's name under Netflix. So it wouldn't have been Netflix streaming, or wouldn't have been Blockbuster streaming. Whoops! What a wow. mistake that was! <laughs> but, yeah. And that's my history of me panting <laughs> on about <laughs> the video industry I, I spent a lot of time researching this stuff <laughs>
2: yeah. um, I my history with it was um, my first roommate in Chicago had a beta machine mm. and near Wrigley field there was a place called gorilla video it was right across from Wrigley Field and this was a warehouse place so you I mean by far the most comprehensive video store in Chicago and they had a pretty good Betamax section. Um, but, uh, the writing was on the wall a few years later and that pretty much went out the window. Mm. And of course that store closed, uh, the place next to me was star video. It was run Mm. by a couple of Korean dudes. And every time I went into the store, they were playing the Godfather. So (laughs) take, take with that what you want, but they did have a good soft porn collection too. So it's all good for me. In my lonely days back then,
1: whatever my uh, I <laughs> my dad and my mom, he'd always if the Godfather was on, he'd watch it on. And as a joke, my brother-in-law would say, "Oh, he's spending time with the family again," you know, <laughs> with the Godfather family. Yes. <laughs> well, I
0: like the idea of mixing the Godfather with soft porn, so you could have the Wadfather.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Um, Like a hand like holding a puppet, it's just like jerking someone off.
0: (laughs) Just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Everything (laughs) Everything works. Oh, anyway, cannot refuse. That's right. (laughs) This is officially labeled not for children. Now, do do you guys remember whether either your families or yourself buying your first, you know, uh, machine that will play either videotapes or DVDs? Uh, I bought my first VHS player. I was working for Sears, and they had one in stock in their warehouse for the bargain price of $250. <laughs> My and, uh,
3: God.
2: I bought that, and uh, I thought I was living on on the moon. Yeah. Uh, that's when you know, only there wasn't very many video stores open, and you pretty much watch what you watched.
1: Mm. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, Ian, uh, Ian, Ian, who? Uh, Ian <laughs> I'll let you go first. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. I, I remember it was probably 86 or 87. Um, we got our first VHS player it was like one of those big couch sized top loaders that was a lot of fun and (laughs) I remember we just got a bunch of blank VHS tapes and record stuff off TV Uh, and then I think it might have been later that same year um, that we got Top Gun was the first tape that we actually bought and then I think it was the year (laughs) later it might have been Star Trek for The Voyage Home um, that (laughs) and I was just so
1: modern day what's that is that yeah. A, they, yeah I just cut Save up the whales. a review to that like in December it was funny
0: <laughs> yeah it's um, but the thing that knocked me out was the idea cuz we had rented some movies from the video store but then my dad put in top gun one day and I saw the diet pepsi commercial that was before it like they were doing the thing where they're flying upside down and the cockpits are right next to each other and they're drinking diet pepsi and for whatever reason I just thought that was the coolest thing that we now own Top Gun, not because of the movie, but because I could watch that cool Diet Pepsi commercial whenever I wanted.
3: Just,
0: yeah, I was I was a dumb kid, um, but yeah, that was uh, that was my first kind of experience with it. And then, you know, in the later years, as I got to be, you know, into my teen years, I became obsessed with. Know, saving up to buy like used movies from the video store, so we can have oh, these, yeah, yeah. the commercial mm-hmm. tapes and because I mean at that point we were still on the tail end of like if you want to buy a VHS tape it was eighty dollars you know for <laughs> you know, some, that some was crappy one strangest... Lundgren movie yeah
2: when <laughs> you think about it it was the strangest economic model but somehow they got away with it well it's it such a wild thing to own a, a movie I guess
0: well it makes sense in a way because a video store is yeah they're plunking down 80 bucks for a tape but they're going to rent that tape out over and over and over again at you know a buck 53 bucks a pop whatever it is so if it's a popular movie they're going to see that back in you know a week uh you know, just constantly uh-huh. renting out tapes um well not maybe not a week cuz yeah, people would keep it for like a night or two i don't know uh, but th- they'd be able to get a return on their investment um i suppose if the tapes were more commercially affordable especially early on people would be more inclined to buy rather than rent and then it's like well what the hell do you need the video stores for you can have more of a direct market um which i mean look where we are today now they've cut out the middleman completely and you just <laughs> click online now you own the movie within you know, know. <laughs> you charge your credit card and off you go
2: well yeah. and, and that's also fascinating to me when i download from Netflix or, or Amazon. And they have the option to own the movie for what, fifteen dollars?
3: Yeah. Sometimes and so I, you
2: you load it you know, where do you load it? Where does it download into your your queue? <laughs> now you sound
1: like Grandpa.
2: Where does it <laughs> download into?
1: Yeah. Well, well, I always wonder what happens when it's taken from the library. Like I bought the one day when I was really drunk, I bought the Lion <laughs> King on Amazon, and uh, now that uh, Disney Plus exists, what happens when the Lion King's no longer there? I just spent oh wow, hours
3: just there. stole it
1: from you, eh? Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, disgusting. I've.
0: Yeah, I've, I've heard of um, – well, let's go back for a second. Uh, there are other sort of streaming services like uh, Ultraviolet was um, one of the, the <laughs> earlier streaming service, very popular with the codes. Like if you bought a DVD or a Blu-ray, you'd get the code for the Ultraviolet digital copy of it. Mm-hmm. They went out of business, I think, last year. They got absorbed, I think, by Vudu. And then I just got an email last week saying that voodoo was now being purchased by fandango <laughs> oh my so gosh. so it was it was a matter of when uh, when the ultraviolet thing got purchased i, I may be getting it mixed up because i think there's like three or four of these services are all competing for market share yeah. but i would get an email saying you know you've got three months to transfer your library to this new service and if you don't then all of the stuff that you've you know sometimes you could purchase movies or you just redeem the code and stuff but your entire library would be wiped out if you didn't do this uh, you know this transfer and it was it was pretty easy it's just like you know log into this thing click a button saying yeah I want to transfer it and all that um, but I was glad I did because otherwise you know I've got like a hundred movies I granted I never watched them because honestly if I have a movie because of a digital code, it means that I bought the Blu-ray, so it's sitting on my shelf. <laughs>
2: yeah, how, how how did that work? I don't I don't understand that. I don't how that concept work.
0: It's essentially if you buy a Blu-ray of you know the new Star Wars or something. I don't think okay. they did codes at that point, but let's just say Star Wars. I buy the Force Awak- Awakens, and there's a code inside the Blu-ray. You go to Voodoo, you redeem the code, and then you have the digital version of it that goes into your Voodoo library. Oh, so okay. let's just say you're traveling and you're not at home to pull the Blu ray off the shelf. You can just log on to your Voodoo account, like, oh, I want to watch Star Wars today. And then you can just watch it. It's in your library.
1: Okay, yeah. I got you. And yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. So you can watch it like anywhere. You can watch it, you know, on your phone while you're in the bathroom. You can gotcha. Yeah, watch it anywhere. Uh, but then, yeah, you'd have to transfer all that digital information. Uh, but, I mean, I just rearranged, like, 160 DVDs that I had that were completely misarranged. And, yeah. uh, it's now they're arranged so and never, never
2: to be watched again.
1: <laughs> oh, no, I watch <laughs> them like the 400 D- CDs I have hanging on my wall you never to wait. be listened to again. I watched one of them a few days ago. I watched uh, Chappelle's show recently so yeah it was pretty good man that was a great show uh but yeah it's funny my introduction to the home video market uh well it was a little different because my dad ran a video store when i was a oh. kid and uh he had the thing is, you would think if he ran a video store, he would know a lot about movies. He doesn't know shit about movies. Uh, but <laughs> he, he, But I remember as a kid, uh, he would have aisles and aisles filled with tapes. And he and one of his co-workers and I, you know, as uh, for fun, we'd run around and throw the VHSs at each other in the store. <laughs> uh, wow. He was, yeah, he was an older guy. Memories. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He was a he, but he was a fun guy. Uh, you know, my dad didn't mind. Uh, I would love to do an episode with my dad, just talking about his video store because he's got some juicy stories in there. One of which, like, there was a guy at a pizza shop that he had uh, 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 worked Speaking with. Speaking of porno plots.
3: <laughs> oh
1: yeah, here we go. Yes, uh, my uh, that. Oh god, now I got a horrible image in my head. Uh, but <laughs> like. The guy at the pizza shop owed him some money where they were doing some business at, so he went to his, like, apartment and kicked his door down or something like that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but my dad would get these screener copies of these VHS tapes, and they'd have the, the message on there, this is not to be uh, sold or rented, and this is your copy, and do not... You know, it's the same as, like, you know, the critic screeners, but on VHS, and they were there to promote his movies, and on the uh, television up on the screen in the store there, I remember he'd always be playing Jaws um, up on there, and yeah, it was pretty interesting, and I was I was digging through my parents' basements, uh, because everyone lives there now without a job, uh, <laughs> <but> I- <laughs> I still have my apartment this it, is
2: much more interesting than the history of uh home theater go ahead yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah no no i uh, i i still have my apartment it's a joke uh but uh, yeah he had like all these vhs copies from his store in there he still has a lot of the uh toys that like distributors would sell to him. You know, he's got so, these old Scooby-Doo toys. He has this life-size dog of Beethoven uh, <laughs> stock, uh, in there. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: So, I he had this video store before Blockbusters uh, bought him out. Uh You know, and he never held it against them. You know, to him it was just business and Fast forward a few years later and I worked at Blockbuster in like 2006 when I just got out of high school, uh, you know, to make some money. And that was an interesting experience because when I got in Blockbuster in 2006, they were competing hard with Netflix's online service. And it turned out my manager there was actually uh, selling, uh, taking people's credit card information and secretly signing them up for Blockbuster's online streaming program. Uh, so, oh.
3: <laughs>
2: that happened. It be a lot of scandal. That, uh, yeah. <laughs> You've been associated with a lot of scandal.
1: Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hence how I am today. It, it is interesting, yeah, but it is... Um, but, yes, I remember watching movies from my dad's store i get to rent them for free and watch them at home and i'd have the vhs tape but really the most mind-blowing moment for me was my introduction to dvd you know which is why i so succinctly remember it being the home theater experience because i remember going to my uncle's house and he had this whole setup he had this big tv and he had this huge surround sound system like that the, the 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 speakers were like the size of a chair you know <laughs> and he and he put on this dvd copy of us marshals and he and he's like check out the surround sound on this and whoa it was loud and it was i've never seen or heard a tape I'd never seen a tape look so good and the quality never changes and the surround sound could just shatter the windows. It felt like you were actually in the damn theater and the DVD was around for like a decade or so before streaming came along. And to me, that was just incredible. I remember right away, I'm like, I gotta buy a dvd i gotta buy a home theater and everyone did it my grandfather did it i did it i remember i bought uh a dvd and they said what's a what's a good movie i remember people at blockbuster would uh, all come in there and ask them what's a good movie to play on the home theater and they said gladiator so i bought gladiator, gladiator. yeah <laughs> you know no, 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 gladiator and uh I yeah with- liz taylor go ahead Oh, <laughs> well, I remember just that, you know, they. I'd go to the opening scene when they're fighting everybody in the Coliseum, and yeah, throughout the speakers, it was like an orgasm of sound. I <laughs> found out later that I properly didn't have it hooked up. It was hooked up through AV instead of optical, and optical gives you true 5.1. That's more nerd talk, uh, but yes, it was incredible. Me and then, of course, you know, streaming came along, and by then, you know, I was a bit older and it wasn't as romanticized by you know, for me. I just remember the time I was glad that streaming took down Blockbuster because I didn't have a good experience with them.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I probably quit that job. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't
0: know, I think my first encounter with DVD, well, I gotta rewind a little bit. Uh,
2: Ooh, rewind. rewind. Yes, because nice. it kind.
0: doesn't. He, yes, <laughs> it does involve a VHS experience. Um, when I first saw that The Usual Suspects was out on VHS, I think I was in like Coconuts or, or one of those places, uh, and they had it behind the counter in a two tape set. I was like, two tapes. I didn't think the movie was that long. And they're like, No, this is not. It's it's the movie. Twice. The first is just the 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 first VHS is just the film. The second VHS has something called an audio commentary, (laughs) where there's Brian Singer and Chris Terrio or whoever were talking over the movie, like talking about the the history of it and the making of it. I'm like, no. (laughs) And so that was the first time I'd ever even heard of that concept. I know they had done stuff like that on LaserDisc, but I was kind of you know a sheltered kid. Um, But when so when DVD came out. And it was like a CD-sized disc, and then you'd have all of these extra features on it, like behind-the-scenes stuff and making-ofs and audio commentaries and trailers. I, I just completely lost my mind. I think my early ma- uh, my early DVDs were The Matrix and Mystery Men. <laughs> uh,
1: and, uh, I love that, uh, mystery, that Matrix DVD. I remember yeah. when the PlayStation Two came out. That game console was such a big deal because it could play DVDs. At at that time, I'm gonna sneeze again. Um, Okay, one way. At that time, DVDs, you know, were still kind of emerging on the market. This is around like 2001 or so, or 2000. And this was a way where DVDs could be affordable for people, you know, because you could slap down three to four hundred dollars for your PlayStation Two, but you could also play DVDs. On it, and the uh, one of the main movies that they would advertise to work on there was the Matrix. So you could play Matrix on surround sound and your video games on there. And that, yeah, that, that to me, I remember that movie. I, I, my parents hated me for playing that because I blasted the <laughs> shit out of that movie, you know, especially the, 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 the scene where they're getting the shootout in the hallway. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Um. I also loved that they had um, you know interactive menus. I remember uh, the Jeez. DVD for uh, office space. It was like uh, you put it in and they'd have the the studio logo, of course. but then the main menu was like an office cubicle, but there'd be like funny sound effects, and I think you could touch areas of the screens and things would have like things would like pop out at you. And it was nice. just it's just this extra little creative touch. I mean, there are some menus. I loved it when you'd turn on the back and it would say, you know, special features, interactive menu, and it just means you could press play. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but then then there'd be discs like uh, like the Memento DVD. When that came out, I remember it was cool, but also very frustrating because you actually had to solve puzzles in order to like play the movie and unlock special features. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, <yes>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so it was um yeah, there, it was it was a good time. And you don't really see a whole lot of that now, even in the era of Blu-ray It's um, sort of a lost art that kind of fizzled out with the DVD. It was very strange.
1: Yeah. Blu-ray menus are really slow and kind of slow. Oh, yeah. They had like this generic sound. They put in a lot of them. It's like tss, tss, and that you hear with a lot of them. I do Oh, yeah. It's like the sound of, like, a GOG with, a, with like, a steampunk machine or something. And it's just, it's so lazy. It's like, come on. Like, these DVD menus are so crazy creative. Like, the Terminator 2 DVD, you'd, like, be in Skynet's base. Yeah. You could access the CPU. And they try to do that with a Blu-ray, but it's horribly slow on the blu-ray it's bad but the terminator 2 dvd was slammed with extra features just like there's like 10 hours of behind the scenes stuff and not like the lazy galleries you'd have where you'd like press right on the menu and it's like oh here's a picture from behind the scenes eh. you know like <laughs> they, like there was actually like behind fully produced like behind the scenes like tapes of how they made stuff i remember they were talking to the sound designer on how they did the sound of one they blew up the t-1000 and It was just the Foley from It's Real Great because it's just a guy with a bunch of ice cubes, you know, just (laughs) shuffling it around and then dropping some nails in. And then when you watch the movie, I can't help but hear those ice cubes and those nails when Arnold shoots uh, Robert Patrick and he shatters into a million pieces.
0: (laughs) I don't think I knew that. That's great.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Uh, But there was also those, like, there'd be like little uh hidden menus in DVDs too you know where uh, you could see bloopers from the film the the best one actually is from uh Boogie Nights and there's this uh there, there, there's somewhere within the sub menu if you hit a certain quarter you could see Dirk Diggler playing around with this prosthetic penis <laughs> for a period of time and it's just like one minute of a prosthetic dick <laughs> There seems to be a theme on this. Yes, I, I don't know if we're talking about the the, the evolution of home video or porn. But well, again,
0: it goes hand in hand or hand in hand. <laughs>
1: there we go. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, yes, but yes, uh, there there's uh, I think there is a romanticism with uh, home video. There is one blockbuster still left in the country. Uh, I think. Well, not anymore. It's gonna be shut down now. Uh, but uh, it was in Portland, Oregon, uh, or Oregon, or whatever. Fuck it. I always said Oregon, Oregon Trail. And then, um, uh, yeah, the, it's still around. And they would have a lady They they have like this one lady who goes around. She picks up these movies, and people would go and and rent from there. And uh, it's the last surviving blockbuster. Now I
0: just I have to wonder about that. If is is it a completely nostalgia based economy with that store? Because I remember Blockbuster would be like you know two or three bucks for a night to rent the movie, and then you had to bring it back like right away. I mean hell, Redbox, which I mean now they've even got like Redbox streaming, which seems kind of weird, but it'd be like a buck fifty or ninety nine cents uh, for twenty four hours. I don't know how any brick and mortar store competes with that. Let alone you know the streaming. Unless it's a blockbuster, literally out in the middle of <laughs> nowhere. But it's it's not. It's in Portland.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, I it is. I think it's nostalgia based, but they do get new releases there. So
0: sure, and, but it's got to be like yeah. one of those. When I say uh, maybe not nostalgia, but sort of kitsch. Like <laughs> I'm going to go rent from Blockbuster. You know, just to say that they rented from a Blockbuster in 2020.
1: Yeah. Who's going to charge me for a late fee, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, uh, it's,
0: it's kind of like in Pulp Fiction ordering a $5 milkshake. It's like, <laughs> it's, oh, it's like dangerous. milk and ice cream. That's $5. dollars <laughs> Don't
1: put <laughs> bourbon in it
0: or nothing.
3: Oh. Uh,
1: oh my God. I did watch a video online of, on how to make that particular milkshake, but the guy oh. had a lot of stuff to like make it better. And he added a little bit of boost to it. So that, <laughs> you know, it always makes, helps out with the taste. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, um, so what I was wondering, uh, wh- what kind of, um, did you guys own any kind of memorabilia still from your VHS DVD laser displays? Oh yeah. Oh, mm-hmm.
0: well, I mean, I've Share got with us. Uh, if you've, if you've seen um, the, the YouTube videos that I put up, I usually, well, it's kind of hard to tell because of the lighting KK's and everything
3: around. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. They, it's, it's my ode to uh, dead technology, which I'm looking at right now. Um, yeah. But I've got a VCR, uh, my first, the first TV I owned, which was like a, a nine or a 13 inch little color television I got in 1988. Mm. Um, but I also have a VHS tape from i think it was from my my wife's parents i don't remember how i got it but um yeah i've got my the, the second blu-ray player i no the first blu-ray player i ever owned so you know kind of along this these topics i've become an unofficial like archivist of dead technology because mm-hmm. i just think it looks cool yeah. and you know if you plug it in it'll still work and we sort of touched on this with the idea of you know having digital content you know living in the cloud as it were or in your virtual library which is pretty yeah. much the same thing but like what if the internet goes down uh, or mm-hmm. there's some kind of like a corporate merger or like oh you you know voodoo you no longer have the rights to uh, display these movies in people's queues and they just disappear i can still pull up a copy of you know uh, one crazy summer off of my dvd shelf uh yeah. or you know idiocracy or something like that um and and watch it from home you know they unless they turn off the electricity uh <laughs> there well i, there's I nothing think
2: if the internet it. goes down unless electricity's next
0: sure but and, i'm, I'm and just they, talking i'm just ahead. talking about like blackouts like in my neighborhood oh. Um, there is an issue right now by the time this goes up it might hopefully be fixed and it's not affecting me because i'm with rcn but like all the at&t customers like in my entire neighborhood have not had internet since yesterday morning oh <laughs> my oh. god oh, <laughs> yeah that would and, be horrible yeah especially my wife is you know you uh, messaging with Oh, well, my wife's messaging with, you know, a lot of the other parents who have kids home, you know, homeschooling right now. And this is like everyone's just going nuts because, <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> last resort is screen time, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, wow. I know. It's a good way. I mean, with my nephew, if you throw on Toy Story, he-, he watched all four Toy Story movies twice in a row in one day and it kept him completely <sighs> quiet. Yeah. <Wow>. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Man. Well, watching Toy it, Story Four can't be completely quiet, except it'll be the, Generation
1: Zombie. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it is idiocr we are living in idiocracy, the movie. Don't 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 drink bleach. Okay. <laughs> um, well Pat, do you have any memorabilia sitting around in your Well,
3: book?
2: uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm very much into streamlining now, so yeah. I've gotten rid of a lot of it. Yeah. Um uh, you know I, I to bring to add to that thought I, I I just wanted to talk a little about you know the the stuff that we leave behind on this yeah. how much plastic and tape was used for mm. the VHS era how right. many you know the DVDs now they you know I, I keep them too ian i I, I agree with you I, I like to bring them out every so often but again what it'll come a point where you have to get rid of it so that goes in the landfill. So is 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 streaming the end of the line for that? Who knows? Uh, the chip inside our head is coming.
1: Uh, Don't you worry? Oh gosh! Oh gosh! Yeah. Uh, I mean, with me, uh, show and... me the Matrix. Yes. And it's... then you just sit there with the zombie-eyed expression as you watch the Matrix. It's so... in your brain. <laughs> Isn't it funny watching The Matrix today? Like, they're using those old, like, 90s computers with those rough keyboards, and that's supposed to be, like, breaking technology. And it's like, hmm. You know, <laughs> I, they, I guess it's always like, funny to
2: see old cell phones in movies. I like that.
1: Yeah, it's supposed to be, like, the future, yet they don't have iPhones, and they're, like, using, like, old phones, you know? It's like, okay, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, of course, as I mentioned before, my dad had his video store, so I have a lot of this stuff from his store in my place. Uh, we still have, I don't know what the name of those, like, silver divider, like, metal things are that stores would have, but he's got, like, one of those for some obligatory reason <laughs> in his basement, and he's got uh, a bunch of VHS tapes there, but then... Uh, You know, when I see my folks, uh, they have, like, 160 DVDs, you know, that I got all the way from, like, 2000. They're still sitting around. And I also have uh, in my apartment about, like, 20 DVDs that I bought from there. And it's, uh, I guess, moving on to my uh, second question... Uh, oh, and I do have some... New- are we just
2: done with the first one? Is this a, a, a 24-hour
1: podcast? <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs>
1: you, you guys are in for the long haul. I need someone to talk to during this quarantine. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think we we kind of hinted at what our answers are. Uh, do you guys uh, prefer streaming or physical media? Because everything is kind of in the cloud. But I kind of miss holding a movie in my hands these days. Don't let my answer persuade you in any way.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, it's too convenient to stream. I'm. I, I just like. Yeah. You know, basically we're just going upstream through the technologies, no pun intended. and I, I just, the convenience of it is too, too great. Yeah. You know, as it, opposed it's... to getting something off the shelf, taking it out, putting it in the tray, you know, okay. It's, it's almost like using a turntable versus, you know, whatever uh, uh, CDs. How yeah. about you, Ian?
0: You know, I've... Um... I'm kind of two minds about it. I'm mm-hmm. a collector. You know, I've just got that mentality. I've got, you know, a basement full of comic books. Uh, I've got, you know, shelves full of Blu-rays and, and my DVD shelf is getting smaller and smaller as I trade them up for Blu-rays over the years. Uh, but I do like being able to walk into my living room and see, you know, in the big glass bookshelf cases, you know, my my library of movies. It's just a thing that I like. I mean, because even with the Voodoo account, I've got, you know, a couple hundred movies in there probably, but it's just not the same. Scrolling through a screen versus going and looking at some really nice spines. Yeah. Um, And on top of that, it, it feels like the streaming service or the people who run it are really late to the game on this one because they finally in the last couple of years have started putting out uh, special features like when you rent or buy a movie mm-hmm. they'll say oh you can also watch this uh, this featurette I-, I was saying you know years and years ago if they're really going to make this attractive to people who are really into the movies you know there is a convenience to streaming but one of the reason's people still like buying physical media is because of all those special features. Mm-hmm. So if you could like buy the movie for 12 bucks or whatever, but then for 99 cents you can also buy the audio commentary track as, you know, an MP3 or something uh so you can enjoy it that way. That's a great way to to kill physical media. I mean, there's always going to be the dinosaurs like me who like to to touch and and feel things as they put them on their television, but I also you know, lately have really kind of fallen in love with the convenience of streaming uh you know with being at home and still running a podcast that does like two or three shows a week uh i don't have access to go out to target and like buy a dvd or you know whatever to, for a movie that I'm going to talk about this week, I'll go on Amazon, plunk down three or four bucks, and then I'm watching it instantly. And I can, you know, watch it for 48 hours and talk about it, and then kind of be done with it. Then, if I like it enough, then I can say, well, I'll add that to my Amazon wish list, and you know, someday I'll buy the the, the DVD or the Blu-ray. So it's it's a great kind of preview mechanism in addition to being uh, convenient. Because whereas I would have you know, before, like a few years ago, just gone out and like, oh, I'll just go to Best Buy and spend 10 or 12 bucks to buy this movie. Now I can spend a quarter of that. And if I hate it, then I don't have to think about it anymore. I save myself some, <laughs> some time, trouble and expense. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of love both of them. I just wish that the digital aspect had more to offer than the physical media aspect of it does. But as there's less and less investment in special features uh, on big movies, as we saw in the DVD boom, like we were talking about with the interactive menus, plus the hours and hours of extras. I mean, you're not seeing that even on like, quote unquote, bigger releases nowadays. It's kind of sad.
1: Yeah. yeah. The um,
2: Well, you know, the whole uh, the whole incentive for that was that you're going to go out and spend X amount on DVD. You better give them something extra. If yeah. they're going to spend that money well now with streaming it's like well nobody's going to spend extra therefore we don't need to do all that right. uh, ephemeral stuff so uh yeah it's an interesting thing that will probably die eventually or you mm. know they'll start packaging them to uh attract people anew so maybe it'll come back in that form
1: and they'll make you pay a lot for them too you know, <laughs> for I I remember in the good old days, uh, you'd get a DVD and for like twenty bucks, and you could get like ten hours of features like an old used DVD. You know, uh, and I'm I'm of a tale of two minds with it. You know, in an ideal world, I would love for there to be an option to stream, but also to go to your local video store. And 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 buy it and look at a movie because it was a social. I mean, maybe I'm going down nostalgia and memory lane because uh, everything before uh, before the shutdown was good, and now we're living in a perpetual state of hell. Um, but <laughs> I I just think uh, when when, uh, when when we had it was it was a social experience to go to a video store with your friends and walk through the aisles and you would just rent a movie sometimes just based on its its artwork alone on the cover or uh you know if the movie you didn't know you wanted to have was there you'd get something else I remember when I was a kid I would I loved Godzilla movies because something else wasn't available and I just bought these random things and I got the toys with them and Uh, that was a cool experience. It was something to share with your friends. You could go to the concession, uh, you know, when you bought your film, you know, buy like a lucratively sized thing of like, you know, gummy bears or whatever. (laughs)
3: Um,
1: and that was great. And the thing I love about physical media that I still have is, I mean, I might be old, but, uh, I I feel like I always like grabbing the DVD, you know, putting it in the tray, closing the player and then holding the copy of this movie and knowing I've had this for 10 years, it still works great. It's not going anywhere, you know, maybe long after I'm dead, it'll, it'll, you know, uh, you know, I'll either give it off to, you know, maybe like uh, my kids ever have them or like my niece or nephew or something, but it's something that I always have. Um, and, and it's and it's nice to have a good collection of that stuff and say yeah. this is mine, um, but that there is the absolute. Uh, well, well uh, there is the absolute joy with streaming that everything is instantly available. You know, I mean, I could try to find a movie from the Criterion collection on, you know, Netflix DVD, but I have to wait a week for it to come in and then hope they have a copy and the, or I could just go on the Criterion channel and bam, you know, if I want to watch a Tarkovsky film, it's right there. Yeah. And, you know, and I can watch it wherever I want to at any time I want. And it's a beautiful quality. And what about, it, what about One Crazy Summer? And you can watch One
2: Crazy Summer. <laughs> listen to you.
3: <laughs> Jesus.
2: No wonder nobody listens to these anymore.
3: Or you
1: can, or you can uh, uh, go and watch, uh, um, you know, like uh, you, can, you can maybe find whatever porno, str- all right. I'm uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, you, you can watch. You can watch anything. Uh, you know, you want. You can go on Netflix and 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 see like Goodfellas on there instead of having to scour around to find a copy for it if you don't have one. Which, if you don't, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, you could. You could. uh... Yeah, but, but yes, there there is this instantaneous sort of gratification to it the the quality is fantastic still you but i guess ultimately if i had to choose i'd always choose physical media because it lasts longer and it doesn't get lost in the cloud because you don't know what gets taken on and off a catalog or where that money of yours goes like 10 years down the line although i still have a digital copy of uh of a uh, hulk on my ps3 that i rented i don't know if i can play it on my ps4 so once my ps3 dies and yes i like to note that what happens when your internet goes down that was a point i made to my friend nolan who said uh, well you get on my print box info and watch the fools and horses and i said well if i have the dvd if the internet goes down i can just put on the dvd you know, and if you need if you need that for fuel when everything goes down, you can burn them. They burn. <laughs> no. Uh, well, I guess the zombie apocalypse. Yes. Uh, which we're living in right now. So, yeah. <laughs> but, All right. On that note,
3: <laughs> I, I hope
1: you like enjoyed our discussion of home video and the apocalypse. Yes. I always like to <laughs> on note of optimism.
2: All right, gentlemen.
1: Yes. Uh, So anyways, guys, on that note, uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, Please check out Ian Simmons at kickseat.com and Pat McDonald at hollywoodchicago.com. Uh, Maybe I'll interview my dad about his video store as he thought about like customers he wanted to strangle or something like that. Uh, But no, it it was actually something he's very proud of. Um, But yes. Strangulation um, of the store.
3: Yes. (laughs) Strangulation of the
1: video business. You know, the video store is gone. Um, But no, this is a good uh, trip down memory lane. Um, I'm still trying to find a time machine. Uh, It's not available yet, Um, but thank you guys for coming on. This is You'll Probably Agree, and uh, we'll see you later.